Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like this show, rate, review, subscribe. Tell somebody. Just tell somebody about the show. That's all we ask. Pass the show along. Rate, review, subscribe is absolutely true. And you can follow us all over the social platforms at 440 Sports. And as we just mentioned on our own Twitter accounts, where, of course, I will be a snow bro just distributing fear porn about the weather everywhere. Um, that's what I do. I'm a snow bro, Steve. Um, on the is Twitter. that what you are? Yes, on the Twitter sphere. Uh, just because you know what? Um, this is Nashville. We don't get snow. And it's supposed to snow again this weekend. I think it's wonderful. But you know what? Who knows? All right. On the show today. Chelsea Messenger. Fascinating career, started in print, went to TV, was out of TV, took some time off, and now is doing a national syndicated radio show from here in Nashville. Uh, it's called The Daily Tip. It is on Odyssey and 40 different cities on terrestrial radio, of course, produced all by BetMGM and partnered with BetMGM. It is a gambling show, but it's also a radio show. My favorite thing about her, Steve, is that I don't think she gives a shit. <laughs> that is she my- does not. I think that's my favorite thing about her, whether she's talking about herself, her career, her interaction on the radio, TV, media, radio, it doesn't matter. She does not care. <laughs> and I love it. I think it's great. Uh, so I think you're going to really enjoy that conversation. We've got a really interesting NFL college ratings segment coming up a little bit later on. We're going to have a little bit more time to dissect sort of the national championship game, how it compares to the NFL, what the NFL is doing right, what colleges may be doing wrong look at those numbers and then look at how they did in Nashville. And then of course we've got some recommendations as well. Before we do that, Steve Cavendish of the Nashville banner lamestream is brought to you by Jaspers. It's brought to you by Jaspers and all of their glorious free parking and their glorious, not so free food. They're glorious. Also not free drinks, but all of it is in fact glorious. That is true. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they would like to run a business though. So however you do need to provide revenue for the food and the drinks, That's but you know like- what? How they run you, a business. You get you get you get value for that money. So you're you're in good shape. Tr- tremendous value, that is for sure. The next evolution of the sports bar, you get great food, great happy hours, great Preds game specials uh, as well, and of course the free parking. All right. So Steve, um, you you agree that talking to Chelsea is a breath of fresh air, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, she's 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 fantastic. Uh, and, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this whether I I admire kind of like the way she pivoted into something that she really found interesting, uh, which is gambling talk and how she pivoted into uh, a, a medium that wanted her when when she was chasing on these TV jobs and, and, and couldn't really find what she wanted. She's just, she's a lot of fun. She, she's a great follow on Twitter. You should, you should follow her uh, if you're interested at all in sports gambling or just in, a, in, in general. I mean, she's, she's really, really fun. Uh, she's really, really fun when she pops up in your feed. And and I want to say, and she'll explain this and kind of talk us all through this, but I want to say she, like, did she work for, not for a bookie, but like she worked for basically. Like, she worked for handicappers. Yeah. She worked for handicappers in between like media jobs, sort of while she was kind of taking time off and being with her family. And it's turned into this, this whole new career for her. So it's, it's, she's fantastic to listen to. She's obviously great on radio. Uh, she's a great follow. So all that great stuff. And we were honored to have her on the show. So without any more from the two of us. Here was our conversation with Chelsea Messenger. Chelsea, welcome to the show. We really appreciate having you on today. We appreciate your time. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I've been up for like five hours already. So despite it being very early in the morning, 
I wake up at 3 a.m. every single day. So it's, you know, midday for me. So it is 8.32 a.m. Central Standard God's time of, of recording, God's which time. which means, again, you're right, right about 3 a.m. So before we get into what you're doing with the Daily Tip and uh, Odyssey and, and BetMGM and all the great stuff you guys are doing now, let's let's kind of st- start from the beginning and introduce you to the Nashville people from like the beginning. Uh, I know you're an NC State Wolfpacker. I know that. Um, how did you get into the media? How did you start? And how did the, 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 the path sort of end where it is today? Well, it's been a long and winding road because I was a political science major. So I'm using a lot of that knowledge as I am talking about, you know, (laughs) Alabama covering the spread and really doing the Lord's work (laughs) in my line of work. But I started off in newspaper and I was a sports writer for the the school paper at NC State got to interview Russell Wilson and some big-time athletes at NC State, and then I got a part-time job with the News and Observer, and then I moved to TV, did an internship, and I did seven years in local TV, and then I took two years off to follow my husband, who was playing baseball uh, at the time, and then I auditioned for this job and I didn't even know where it was going. I was like, what are they even auditioning for? Like, I'll, you know, do whatever. Uh, but now I am a radio host for sports betting and I could not be happier. Sports betting is really taking off. And I feel like it's definitely my wheelhouse because I was betting on games. Uh, I don't want to incriminate myself, but for a while now, <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a fun ride. <laughs> and I guess, and I guess that's the, uh, that's the question here is, is how do you, how do you come into this as an expert in 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 gambling? You have to have experience, obviously, uh, but but how do you how do you present yourself as that expert, and and how do you kind of drive conversations that way? Well, I did work for a handicapping service uh, with guys who had been handicapping games for like 15 to 25 years because we lived in Las Vegas. My husband was playing AAA baseball, and I just picked it up as a part time job. And so I have learned from some of the best in the business guys that have been doing this a lot longer than most people in the business now, because that's the thing, like sports betting is really taking off. So you'll see a ton of people kind of enter this market, but a lot of them just don't have a ton of experience and myself included. Like I've only been in the business four to five years, which I think compared to a lot of people in the market right now is quite a bit of experience. Um, But yeah, I learned from some of the best in the business. I'm not sure if I'm ready to call myself like an expert handicapper because my job is also a radio host. I am a combination of giving people good information to base their bets on. And also we're a morning show, so it needs to be entertaining. And I don't want to just spout off a bunch of numbers because you know, like who wants to listen to that at 6 a.m.? I don't. So, so I, I, your, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah. So who's your audience for this morning show? Uh, we are on, I think it's around 40 cities on terrestrial radio and also on the Odyssey app nationwide. So you can get it anywhere. Like obviously if you have the internet, uh, but we are trying to combine an audience that is just looking for general sports talk, sports betting, and also people who want to be entertained a little bit. So we're trying to kind of toe the line between, you know, just general sports talk, but also sports betting, because I think a lot of people are leaning towards betting on sports now, but you know, people want to hear about sports too. 
you you have far more like you said five years is in this industry especially in the state of tennessee which i know you're not you know you're based here sort of but you're a, a more of a national product it's you certainly have a ton more experience. I started doing this this fall where I had to sort of do the same thing where we wanted to talk about football games. We wanted to preview the games, but it was sort of a gambling driven, gambling centered show. And I'm, I'm just curious your mindset and strategy on when you know, like you've gone a little too far into the numbers. You need to pull it back a little bit. You need to, okay, we need a little personality here. Here's a story that has a really fun topic and an angle that I really like, but I can also bring a gambling element into it. And that's what makes a really good topic. Sort of take us through how you decide where those lines are and how to kind of toggle back and forth between the two subjects. Well, I think you can get away with numbers if you're teaching somebody something about the betting space, because we talk a lot about how the lines move throughout the week and say, you know, say the Titans uh, open at minus 10 and a half against the Texans. And that is a big number. And people are like, oh, well, they're going to stomp the Texans, whatever. And they did. Um, but if you see that line move three to four points, like that is significant. And in the business, like you take note of those things and somebody who is not used to betting on games, like they don't know what that means. So it's a little in the weeds, but I feel like people will stick with you if they feel like they are getting, uh, if they're learning about something. So I think it's like, you know, think of your favorite teacher in college, in high school, they made learning things more interesting and they found ways for people to pay attention and not fall asleep, which shout out to my genetics professor because he was not good at that. I think I slept every single day in that class. <laughs> when, uh, when, you're, uh, when you're approaching uh, topics for say this morning's show or, or, or here during NFL season, what, do you, what are you looking for kind of first and foremost? Are you looking for something that mirrors the big topics of the day, or are you looking for something that will kind of zig or zag that you can, that you can kind of get into? Well, in sports betting, it's pretty simple because it's what is the slate today? What can people bet on today? Cause it's people driving in their cars, you know, trying to get a preview of things they can bet on. And we do the homework for people so they don't have to, you know, that's kind of the premise of our show. And we try to sprinkle in some fun topics like today uh Devin Booker getting distracted by the Raptors mascot so much that he asked the referee <laughs> to put the Raptor in a corner uh, nobody puts Raptor <laughs> in a corner um <laughs> except for the referees so I think you sprinkle in those fun little topics but for the most part like it's betting on sports what's happening that day what games can you bet on today so I, I think that what's what's fascinating about and and you said you kind of didn't know what you were getting yourself into. You didn't know how you, you were auditioning, but you're not really sure what it was for. And you've already mentioned sort of like Odyssey, which is this other thing that I think is fairly new to the market that people are sort of understanding. W what was the conversation like when when they when you guys started ta started talking? You go through the audition process. This is what the show's going to be. What questions did you have? What what were you excited about that was new? What what were you apprehensive about? Sort of give us sort of that the thought process behind launching the product that you did. Well, I was very part-time, like working for that handicapping service. I was working like 45 minutes a day. <laughs> like, so I was just doing a show. So like you think about like the futures market, like I was pretty low. Like I was not a big name in the industry. So first of all, I was, I had my doubts. I was like, all right, whatever. It's probably not a big time job because I was passed up for so many TV jobs. And eventually your confidence just becomes so low that I didn't even think I had a shot at a big time job. 
But you know, like when they said the salary and full time and benefits, like I couldn't even believe it. So I think like for me, I was just doubtful because like in the industry, like it is so hard to land some of these good jobs and you just like after a while, like you get down on yourself. So for me, like the confidence wasn't there, but it was a, a big time job and the, the audition process was so long. And I was like, all right, what are we doing here? But again, like I just kind of doubted myself because I had been, you know, out of the business for a while. Give people an idea of kind of what the what the the gambling media sports gambling media landscape is like because it's changed a lot over the last particularly 10 years and i see a lot of former colleagues of mine on the newspaper side have have as as newspaper jobs have gone away they've a bunch of them have landed in in different kind of content roles uh, with with uh gambling sites with books themselves what, how big is it? And, and, and what is, you know, what give, give people just sort of like the broad view of what's out there. I think it's very similar to fantasy football. Cause remember when fantasy football started getting really popular and it boomed and like a lot of jobs still are around now uh, where sports media types have really made their living in fantasy football. And I think it's similar to sports gambling. And the reason why the market is exploding is just because there's dollars to back it. Like, look at the casinos. They're pretty shiny. They're pretty nice. And like, they have a ton of money to back some of these ventures. So I think that's why sports gambling's really taken off. And I don't see it slowing down anytime soon because people love betting on football. Like, we have seen some of the numbers, even from Tennessee. Like, there are massive astronomical numbers on what people are, like, not amounts people are betting on single games, but the amount of people betting on games. So I think sports betting is taking off at some point. We're going to see it, you know, dip back down. But right now I think we're still on the incline. Are, are you suggesting that $350 million a month spending is a good thing for, for, <laughs> for gambling industry folk in general? Well, here's the thing about gambling. Like it gets a bad rap, but it's a form of entertainment. Like think about how much money it costs to go to Disney world. Like that's, it's probably too much, but you're paying for entertainment. And obviously the first rule is never bet what you can't stand to lose. And like, it kind of irks me how like gambling has had such a bad rap, but again, in moderation and know that is your, it's your fun money. I, I almost spit up my coffee there. Uh, when you mentioned Disney world, like I thought you were going to say, like, think about how much it costs to go to dinner on a Saturday night to like watch the game. And that's how Steve and I always talk about gambling. It's like, well, you know, if you go have a beer with your family and watch the game and a, and a meal, you're probably spending 50, 80, hundred bucks, whatever. Like you could put 20 of that on a game and, and have it still fall in the same budget. And you went like full, like $14,000 vacation on me. Like that, that was, I was not expecting the Disney world. <laughs> well, how much are Disney world tickets? They're like a hundred. Are they $200? Like oh, I haven't man. been in a while. You, you, you're insane. You're, you're you're a parent. You're a parent, right? Like you have a how old is your of a two year old? Two year old, yeah. Um, I have a prime age. I have a five and a three year old, and my wife and I have made a conscientious decision. Even as an ESPN Disney employee, we will not take our children to Disney World. We will let grandma or the aunts and uncles or whoever else wants to take them. They can go chop off their left arm to go to Disney World for a week. <laughs> so, um, but the I, thing is, like, when you go out to eat, you don't have a chance at winning money. Like, that's the thing that's kind of addicting about gambling. It's like, you know, when you go to a bar and pay for a drink, like, that's it. You got your vodka tonic for $14 and it's gone. 
but you know, you place it on a game and you have at least a chance of winning it back. So go ahead, Steve. I was, I want to go back to your, your, um, old, like sort of your, your media career, but if, if Steve got a question, no, no, go, go, go ahead. So I want to go. So you, you've done kind of everything here at this point. Like you've done, you're doing radio now. You, you had a, a career in television. You did some newspaper stuff as well. You worked for a, a sports book. What are the things that you've learned from each of those stops that sort of you think you pull on and use? Like, I learned this at newspaper. I learned this at TV. I'm using it all here now doing this. I think you have to learn to adapt with the market. Because think about it. I started off in newspaper. And somebody told me that, I said, Chelsea, you're a 22-year-old girl. Have you seen these beat writers? Like, they're going to be covering Duke basketball until they die. Like, these jobs are not opening up. So maybe try your hand at TV because right now, you know, back then there were fewer girls in the industry. It's the same as sports gambling now. Like you see a lot of these young girls uh, getting in sports gambling just because there are not many females in that industry. So part of succeeding in life is knowing your strengths and weaknesses and also not turning a blind eye to the market. It's like Nick Saban, like think about how much he has changed as a coach, you know, over the past 10 years, he is adapting to the system and he's adapted and become uh, more offensive minded and being a player's coach, which is crazy. Like if you saw that uh, video of him, like, I feel like he's almost gone soft. So it's all about adapting to the market and really giving like what the world is giving you. What do you feel most comfortable gambling on? What, what's your, what's your wheelhouse? Uh, probably baseball that I think I'm up the most units of any sport on baseball, just because I feel like I know baseball the best and just from betting on it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the strategy is there for me and I feel most comfortable betting on baseball. All right. Explain the secrets then. What, how, how is that? I don't want you to give out everything here, but just tell us like, if you ask me to bet game on something, I would say, all right, I can look at a college football game. I know so much about these two teams. That's my strengths. And those are my, that's my area of strength and weakness. I can, is it, is it just that simple that you just know more about the sport and the game and the players, or is it that you've studied the actual gambling angle to all of that? Like what, what is it about your success in that particular sport? Cause I, I look at baseball gambling and I'm like, my head starts to spin. Well, sports betting, I feel like is a combination of sports knowledge and betting knowledge because you can meet like the smartest analyst of all time that knows everything about football and that can be a terrible gambler because you're betting against the spread it's also about value in baseball think about the best team in baseball probably you know the Dodgers the Braves whoever on any given day they can lose to the worst team in all of baseball that's just how baseball is it is a it's not a small sample size sport so you take that to your advantage and look at underdogs that are at least decent. And I feel like that is the way you make your money. Over time, you take the plus money on teams like in the second half of the season, it was the Detroit Tigers. Like think of the Tigers, like everybody thinks they're bad, but actually they were one of the best teams on the run line, which means they can lose uh, by two runs or less. And I know I'm getting in the weeds here, but it's kind of, you know, looking at some of the teams that aren't quite the Dodgers and the Braves and, you know, taking a chance because like I said, baseball is a sport in which the worst teams can beat the best teams. So don't bet on the best teams because they can still lose bet on those plus money teams. And that is how you will, you know, make more money. This is, this is, uh, this seems like a little bit like the, like the Christmas season 
of the NFL playoffs seem like the Christmas season of kind of sports gambling here. How much, uh, how much intensity is there around kind of the, the, the sports gambling conversation now that the playoffs are here and especially towards heading towards the Super Bowl. Uh, and I want to ask you a, a little bit about some Super Bowl stuff after that. Well, here's the thing about people who bet on sports. It doesn't matter if it is a Cubs Rockies game in June or Korean baseball or the Super Bowl, we all still get excited for whatever is on the slate because it's still winning us money. So like football obviously is king and most people care about that. So from a content standpoint, you really want to be on your game when it comes to the NFL. Um, but from a betting standpoint, like, I don't know, it's all the same to me. <laughs> what the, the, with the Super Bowl coming up, there's an there's an onslaught of there's gonna be an onslaught of prop bets and just sort of kind of kind of crazy things that you can gamble on uh do you lean towards that or do you lean away from the the you know betting the over under on on the on the uh national anthem or betting you know fat guy touchdown i had that guy touchdown. I, i'm not i'm not kidding i had 10 bucks on fat guy touchdown last year and when the offensive lineman dropped that pass, I, I like ran screaming through my house and my wife thought I was crazy. She was like, what are you doing? And I was like, that was going to be a fat guy touchdown. And I was about to make some money off of a fat guy scoring a touchdown. Should we do that again or not? Is I guess what the question is. <laughs> well, if you're playing strictly for fun, like do what you want to do. Like just make sure it's a responsible amount. But I will say there are some edges in the national or the national anthem market. And I know I sound like a true degenerate, but if you remember last year, <laughs> there was a reporter who posted video of the singer rehearsing the national anthem and you could time it out and you could get a good handle on how long that national anthem would go. And it won a lot of people some money. So if you can find, you know, like some kind of insider information, if you know somebody who works on the stage crew or something, like you can make some money on things like that. That's fantastic. So, so what is your Super Bowl? What what is your Super Bowl slip look like when you when you go and place? Are you going straight up money line to win are you going just the team you like to cover are you playing totals are you playing antonio like i had antonio brown to score a touchdown i think last year like what do you what what is what will your slip look like for the super bowl this year well you know it really depends on the game because you can't just be like well two teams are going to be playing which team are you betting i don't know it depends on the teams um last year i think i teased the spread and the total and combined them in a parlay which you know sounds really in the weeds uh, but the Chiefs didn't score a single touchdown. So the over was dead, even the tees down total. So I have this sinking feeling that the Chiefs are going to be in the Super Bowl again. Like, I hope not. I hope it's the Titans. Uh, but I feel like I can't look at the Chiefs, you know, without being very, very mad because I bet on them in the Super Bowl last year. And that's the thing about betting. Like, you can't bet with your heart. So it's very tough to not hold grudges. <laughs> so I hope the Chiefs aren't on the Super Bowl. Uh I want to talk a little bit about social media uh, because you're very active on on social media. You're you're an active Twitterer, tweeter, 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 tweeter. Gets right. Uh, it, but I, I noticed that I noticed this like last weekend. Uh, just sort of some guys coming at you on Twitter for for pictures or appearance or or, or whatever else. How frustrating is that? just in just in general and does it make you want to stay off of something like twitter or because it, it that seems to be worse than instagram or 
even Facebook or whatever else? I think, well, I mean, it's just being a female. Like it doesn't really matter what industry you're in because it doesn't matter for some reason or another. Like if you post a swimsuit picture and listen, I was a swimmer in college. So I've spent a good bit of my life in a swimsuit. Uh, and I work out all the time. Like, why should I not be proud of myself? I don't care. Um, but people will always, you know, use that as ammo against you. And listen, it doesn't matter how many shirtless pictures that Tim Tebow posts. Nobody's like, well, we can't take Tim Tebow seriously. It's just like a female thing. Like, and like, whether it's right or wrong, like, it's just a part of the world we live in. And it sucks. But like, you just know it going in. So I, I think we can all agree it's it's wrong um, the way that that, that 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 happens in the first place. But everybody I've ever worked with or been around approaches it differently. Like they, they, they sort of have their, some people say, I just don't worry about it. Some people say, I'm going to go right back at them. What is your strategy and advice for young people getting into the business in that department? I think you use the insults against people if you can make it funny. Or if like, you know, like if it's a funny insult, like you, you know, you go to the well, you can insult their grammar, you can insult their profile picture. <laughs> and like, if there's a way to have fun with it, because like social media is not going away and keyboard warriors are not going away. So use it to your advantage and try to use it as a way to showcase your personality and your insult making ability. <laughs> and, and I, and I, you could probably spin this out into a, a larger conversation about just being yourself in general, um, not just male, female or insults or, you know, the, the, the degenerates that are living in their, their parents' basement drinking 84 ounce Mountain Dews and stuff that like to insult women on, on Twitter. Just spin it out into all media. If you are authentic and genuine and yourself, when you lean into that, I, I think, you know, you may get some pushback at first, but I think in, in the long run, you're probably going to be better off. Is that what you have learned about just sort of your entire career and in interacting with people? Well, it's tough because in TV, you are told not to be yourself. You have to be this plastic, perfect, you know, non-opinion having version of yourself. And that's why, like, I'm kind of glad that I'm out of TV and I'm in radio now where I can actually be myself. But, you know, it's difficult because in TV, like you're not supposed to have an opinion. And this is very different from journalism to a personality based job. So there are two different categories. If you want to be in journalism, you kind of have to be comfortable with taking yourself out of it because that's, you know, the definition of journalism. But if you want a personality based job, which I feel like in the long run, you are less replaceable, the more unique you are. So I felt like for me, it was a better career move for me to go into personality-based things as opposed to a TV job where they can just replace me with the next girl coming out of college. So I think in the long run, it's probably better to be, you know, in the personality-based world. At least I'm hoping so. <laughs> how do how do people, how do most people access the show these days? Are they coming to you digitally? Are they are they coming to you over, uh, over radio or over Odyssey? How, how are they doing it? I think most of our audience is terrestrial radio and it's just like, whether they like it or not, it's just what they turn to on the dial. And they're like, all right, we'll stick with this for three to five minutes. Uh, but also on the Odyssey app, you can search the daily tip wherever you get your podcast, uh, you know, Apple podcast, whatever. So I think we do have a good amount of listeners on, you know, podcast, but a good part is terrestrial radio. So with, go ahead, Steve. With, with sports gambling in, 
uh, coming online in, in, in more and more states. Does that expand audience for you? Or, or are you guys looking to, I mean, like New York just came online, for, for example. Um, not that people weren't gambling in New York before. Right. But, but, um, but, but as more and more states kind of expand, it looks like eventually, you know, we're, we're going to get to where 40 plus states are going to, are going to legalize sports gambling. And finally we can sort of have things be normal. Uh, does that, does that, is that going to expand audience for you guys or what do you, how, how do you guys look at it? Well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> Like you would think, like I haven't looked into the numbers or anything, but I was, I would assume as more states legalize gambling and betting that it's going to come like kind of out of the darkness and more to the light and more people will be interested in it just because it's available. So yes, I'm hoping so. Do, do you feel like, so the, like the science of radio is all about, like you said, winning that five minutes, winning the quarter hour on a terrestrial radio. You got to sort of acquire the person. They need to listen for the five minutes and then you have to keep them entertained for that five minutes. And then you get the rating point and that counts towards, you know, whatever it is you're trying to advertise towards or sell to advertisers, which is different than sort of how you'd execute a podcast, which is different than how you'd execute maybe even like a digital video product as well. How, how does all of that jive when you guys sit down to sort of plan out a show how do you put all of those different audiences into buckets and sort of say, all right, we're going to try to appeal to all of them? Well, I think that is the gist of applying or keeping people's attention nowadays in any field. Because think about how short people's attention spans have gotten. In fact, like look at, was it uh, TikTok? Like those videos are literally like nine to 10 seconds long. And that is about how much people will give you before they keep scrolling. Cause there's just so many things available now. Like think about all the options you have on Netflix. It's the same with podcasts and with media. People have so many options that I feel like you have to keep them entertained from the get go, no matter what field you're in. Are the Titans going to win the Super Bowl? <sighs> I don't want to say it out loud because I feel like I'm going to jinx it. I'm not like super superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So I don't even want to say it out loud. <laughs> well, all right. Looking at the, because I think they're the third favorite, right? In the AFC, I think the Chiefs and the Bills are ahead of them. If you're gambling on who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, I think the Packers are the favorite, of course, in the NFC. If you're placing wagers down on Tennessee and the Titans, you want to give a free one away here courtesy of the daily tip uh, of course go check out the daily tip if you want to give a free one out here to titans fans wh what's the right play when, when you look at the tennessee titans in the postseason do you, do you like i'm not gonna lie i saw the number at like i think it was plus 900 to win the super bowl and i was like you know what worth a shot because <laughs> i think they're good enough to do it but they're not getting the respect from the gambling world it seems like they're actually farther up on the odds board than I expected. They have the fourth best, best odds over at BetMGM plus 750, actually ahead of the Bills, which I am very surprised because the that's, metrics that's love. Moved. That's moved yeah. over the last couple of days, yeah. Yeah, the metrics love the Bills, which, like, I'm not sold. I don't know. I know the numbers love the Bills, but I don't know. That's the thing about futures bets. Like, you pick a team that you think has long odds that has a high return on your investment. Like, you're not going to win a ton of money. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, I think it's worth a sprinkle just because the Titans have played so well, you know, without Derrick Henry and without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Like, my goodness, like, people crash on Ryan Tannehill for not being good in some of those games, but you've got to remember who he was throwing to. And, like, no offense to some of those guys, 
like he was down most of his receivers for most of the season. So now if they can keep Julio Jones, AJ Brown, both on the field, I think they do have a fighting chance, especially the way their defense is playing. How much response do you get? Because Titans fans are obsessed with their own perception from the quote-unquote national media. And I guess in theory, technically, that, that applies to you here. Um, even though you're a Nashvillian and sort of you're, you're, you're in this area, you do a national product. How, how much do the Titans resonate with a national audience, in your opinion? Uh, I don't know, and I don't care. I talk about the Titans anyway. Because <laughs> they deserve credit. And I've been saying this for a long time. Mike Vrabel, coach of the year, like book it. Like number one seed in the AFC without your MVP candidate who hasn't played since Halloween. Like, come on, Matt LaFleur, get out of here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where's the where's the future of your show? Is there more video elements to it? Is it just more terrestrial? Like where, what, what are the goals for what you guys want to accomplish at the Daily Tip moving forward? Uh, I think more video. Like we have a lot of fun props. Like we just got a stuffed donkey that we call the chalk donkey, which is a term you use in gambling for people who only take big favorites. And so like, we're trying to do more fun things. And that's the thing with gambling. I think the sweet spot is having a good time with it because you've got to remember like sports is still entertainment. And you see all these beat writers that are on their high horse and talking about the respect of the game. Like we're talking about people throwing and catching a ball. So I think the the future of our show is to continue to have fun and try to remind people that it's entertainment. I would like uh, Steve's new title to be senior chalk donkey, Steve Cavendish. <laughs> Chelsea, Thanks, thank man. you. Thank you so much. Um, tell everybody where, like give everybody the, the entire rundown of where people should be listening to you, where they can find you and, and uh, how early in the morning they can bother you on social media. Oh God. Uh, well, I am up starting at 3 a.m. Central time. So you can bother me at any time on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. And you can find the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast. Just search the Daily Tip and it'll pop right up. And I'm hoping for us to expand to Nashville. But right now, I think we're in 40 cities across the U.S. If you do want to listen on terrestrial radio, it is an Odyssey station. So just search Odyssey Sports Station wherever you live, and hopefully we have it. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Enjoy the playoffs. <laughs> Go Titans. Lamestream Sports, a podcast about Nashville sports media and business, is brought to you by Jasper's, the next evolution of the sports bar full of free parking. Survey says, yes, it is in fact Jasper's, Steve. I am glad that you got that right this time. That's that's good. I was concerned about that. It is in fact Jasper's. And you know what? I'm a big believer. My wife's taught me this. I'm a big believer in like the psychology of accomplishment and how you like motivate yourself to like do stuff. And I think New Year's resolutions as a phrase is something that just needs to disappear. They need to be called New Year's intentions because a resolution creates a pass-fail for your brain. And if you just keep failing, you're probably not going to do it, right? But a New Year's intention means you can be like, I don't know, like a great quarterback. You just need to complete 70% of your passes. You're good. right? And then, and then you keep that intention. But you know what? Jaspers is here to help you keep those New Year's intentions. If you are, if you are looking to dial back the wings and maybe the burgers a little bit. They've got something for you. They got power bowls. They've got, uh, they've got the, uh, they've got a little uh, avocado toast with a little bit of bacon on it. Just to, you know, just, <laughs> just so you can, uh, you know, you can. There, there's the interception for the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you complete 70% of your passes. You add a little bacon, 
maybe you threw one over the top of AJ Brown's head. You know, maybe it's maybe it's like a smoked turkey wrap instead of a uh, instead of a burger. I mean, they can help you out here. They can they can lean which way you're intending here for the new year. Well, I, I love the shrimp and goodies. I've been going to that one like literally since the first time I ever ate at Jasper's. It is spicy, so it's like not it's not for the faint of heart, but it's also kind of light, but also filling. Like this is what Jasper's does. They find this. They, they, they thread the needle, man. I don't know how they do it. They thread the needle. Um, go to Jasper's. The drink specials also are fantastic. So if you don't have any resolutions or intentions and you want to just eat a smash burger for $10 and drink domestic beers for $3 during Preds games, Jasper's can also help you with your cheat day if you want to go there every day of the week. Go to Jasper's. That was Chelsea Messenger, of course, uh, host of the Daily Tip from Odyssey, as well as all across, again, like 40 different terrestrial radio cities across the, the U.S. They're looking to grow that as well. And brought to you by BetMGM, of course, a major partner with what they're doing. And I, I'm, I'm so impressed with sort of like, and we kind of joked about this before the show, but whether she's talking about how she interacts with trolls on Twitter or how she talks about uh, like a baseball gambling spread, she just doesn't. She she just calls the shit house she sees it, and I really appreciate that about her. I think it's excellent. I think the her ability to go back and forth between those two topics and also create a good radio show. I think she's she's excellent, and uh, we appreciate her joining us. If you haven't if you haven't had a chance to listen to the show, it's worth it's worth checking out. Like she said, it's kind of a morning style show. I mean, they're on five you know five a.m. to eight a.m. Uh, daily, but but you can also you can also, you can also time shift that as as like a podcast or something else later. But I mean, I, I'm fascinated by just in general kind of how gambling content is 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 being woven into all sorts of sports coverage. She talked about that, you know, the, the in the, for the for the wild card game coming up on ESPN, they're going to do as like a separate cast with the daily their daily wager. I think that's the name of the show, daily wager, as well as like their fantasy football guys. They're, they're trying different ways to, to hook people who are really interested in this in in with their own specific content. Uh, And, you know, this is, this is an interesting way to do it. And and I think the daily tips, good show. Yeah. I I had to sort of deal with this when I was doing, gambling stuff this season for um, ESPN and it was trying to figure out like how do we work in like the really good you know this is where the expert not me but like my co-host who's the actual expert where he thought like this this Akron game was really important right but we know that doesn't have mass appeal to a large audience where with the where we if you listen to the episode with Stillman where you can't talk about Akron football on ESPN radio <laughs> like you just you, you can't because you're going to lose the audience you have to talk about Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama and the big drama so we so figuring out how to balance those two sort of create an entertaining personality driven big picture big topical show but also be able to slip in like really in the weeds nuggets and I think she did a great job of explaining it it's a good teacher like if yeah. you do it well, it's you're like a good professor or a good teacher that makes learning fun. And I think that's a perfect way to explain it. Again, she's got the words, not us. Yeah, I find sports casts of any stripe, whether it's podcast, whether it's a radio show, whether it's TV or whatever else, they can kind of seamlessly integrate gambling content in there to be fascinating because that is very obviously the way the world is going. You know, Tennessee, Tennessee is throwing up, you know, like 350, 400 million dollars a month gambling wise. Everybody's doing it. And so you know that the audience is out there. The the raw numbers do not lie. You know, that's not that's not 10 people 
out there, you know, gambling, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollars. That's a lot of people yeah. putting a little putting a little bit of skin in the game uh, because they're interested in it. And that 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 is the that is the marker for audience and uh, and it, like i said it's fascinating to see these people all these shows leaning into it and, and sort of and she's right like she talks about five years in the business like that is a long time in the business relative to how we've all kind of come into it recently and it's not like i didn't as a college football guy I didn't like pay attention to spreads or enjoy the numbers but like i would i didn't i never put money on games just for a lot of reasons but you have to have the money first of all <laughs> to put it in right. games but but in general I think people get confused it, it, just because I know a whole lot about college football doesn't mean I know a whole lot about gambling on college football. Those are two separate, right. those are two separate sports. And I think what's going to be interesting about, and we've talked with Alan Bell about this. We've talked to a lot of people about this is where does the, how far does the content go into like deep dive trends? You know, she just, she even said it there. Like you start to, you start to talk about it and people's eyes can glaze over quickly. So yep. you've got to know where to where is the line. I think trends is a very interesting untapped market in the gambling world. As someone who loves watching and paying attention to like sort of scientific data on it all on all this stuff, I can't wait to see where the trends shows start popping up. We're not seeing a lot of those. We're seeing a lot of like here are your good picks for tonight and for the weekend. We're not seeing a lot of. We're just going to give you the data. You make the picks. Well, like, and she brought it up too. I mean, the the concept of value I think is is very important. If you're if you're going to gamble, you want to win something, and and kind of looking for where you, looking for where you can win something as opposed to, you know, putting down ten bucks and and you know winning three dollars on a on on somebody who's got a you know who's who's a fifteen point favorite to to win a game, is, is that's interesting to me. So I am about a five hundred gambler on football. It's the only sport I gamble on, and I'm about five hundred in two seasons. I, I will say that I've been very, very good at gambling on championship caliber situations. So I want to ask you a question, Steve. Okay. As someone who got all three college football playoff games right, the Super Bowl right last year, like I'm not, I'm not a good gambler. That's not what I'm claiming. I'm just very good at analyzing the biggest games of the year. I put money down on the Titans to win the Super Bowl. But see, but you did that as a futures bet that could pay, what was it paying, like plus 700? Or? No, more. it was like plus 850 or 900 a couple of days ago. I mean, I, but it's because I think, I think they actually could do it. They, they, that, that's the thing is they could actually do it. And it's an interesting bet to you. It, 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 it means something to you. It's entertainment to you. So, so it, it makes, it makes sense to do it. Plus, I mean, and value. I, I always, I always enjoy futures bets like that when, when we're sort of close to when they can pay off, you know, a futures bet at the beginning of a season where you're going to tie up your money for three, four or five months. I, I don't, care about but like here where i can see the in in line in yeah. six weeks that that's that's really interesting to me so i i had two bets that i placed in the spring i bet on february 8th that the georgia bulldogs will win the national championship feeling good about that got the slip if you don't believe me um somebody beat me by like three weeks though i was pretty pissed off somebody tweeted me it was like look january 16th i was like shit what'd that pay uh it was like 10 to 1 basically it was yeah, that's a good bet. No, it was, it was, it was solid. It paid for the whole season. How about that? I mean, I mean, that that's, I mean, that's a solid return for such a heavy favorite. The other one was the Rams. I put money on the Rams to win the Super Bowl in like April. And here, here's what I think would be super ironic. Rams Titans in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. A little, little, little 99 rematch <laughs> that, that would bring up some real interesting demons. So speaking of the national championship game and uh, we, we appreciate Chelsea for joining us. She's fantastic. Great follow at Chelsea messenger daily tip all over the place. Go check it out. Um, so speaking of the national championship game and of course 
the NFL playoffs coming up. I, I want to have a little conversation here, Steve, about the difference in the two sports and how they've rebounded from 2020. And if you look at the national championship game uh, across all platforms, it did what 22.6 million, uh, 22.6 million viewers across all platforms. Um, it was up 19% from last year's championship game, but down from basically every other championship game uh, during the playoff era. I don't know if that's an Alabama thing an SEC fatigue. It was a great football game, but to give you some perspective on that championship game and the ratings, 22, give or take million people watch that. The average NFL game on CBS, this for the entire 2021 season, pulled 21.6 million people. So about the same. An average Fox broadcast, 23.1 million. So the average Fox broadcast of an NFL game on any Sunday for the entire year was better and more watched every single Sunday on average than the national championship game. And that tells you the discrepancy between the two sports. Yeah. The other thing I would, I would, I would toss in here too, just about, about this is that I, I think, I think this is, this is a sign of real fatigue. I mean, I, I think that we have seen, and it's not just because it's Alabama, Georgia, and that it was a rematch of a month ago. I, I think we're, we, we're at the very limits of what, you know, sec dominant college football can get, in, can get in ratings. There has to be some somebody else emerge before that number is going to go up. I mean, this is a quality football game. It didn't look like it necessarily in the first half, but that second half was really exciting to watch when they stopped kicking field goals. <laughs> and and I, I just don't think that I don't think that the average viewer who may not give a shit about the SEC is going to come into these games until you get somebody else. You know, it could be an, it could be an Ohio State. Preferably, it would be like the rise of a of a new USC or an Oregon or somebody like that 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 you could that could bring in a, another audience. But we we're at the limit of it. We 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 know exactly what an SEC dominant yeah. college football championship is going to give us. Now it was this one right here. It was two great teams. It was two great coaches. That's this is all we can get. And right, I got right. I got pilloried for this weeks ago for saying that America is not going to embrace in a major way this game. And they didn't. We got the, we got the hardcores. We got the people that want college football. We're, we're, not getting, we're not getting new viewers into the college football national championship or the playoffs until we get something besides just the same old thing. Here was a really interesting number, and, I'll, and I'll, we'll bring in the local numbers here in Nashville in just a second. But I, what I thought was really interesting – and it was plus 20% from last year, but there is a baked in pandemic decrease yeah, that you have I mean, to consider. You have to, you have to throw out yeah. 2020. So you have to, again, the Ohio State, Alabama, which is what most people would consider the ideal matchup for the networks, right? Ohio State versus Alabama matchup, two different regions, two big, huge brands, two star quarterbacks like that. That was supposed to be it. Clearly, the pandemic had a major effect. Here's what was a really interesting note. And you sort of have to like take a deep breath to get this one 30% of televisions. We're watching that championship game on Monday night, which was a record share, which tells you that even though the overall number is down for the vast majority of championship games over the last 10 years, that more television sets were watching it than ever before, which tells you what, Steve? Where the money is? I mean, that I the mean, cords are being cut. There's the fewer televisions. It, see, I, I would spin that the other way. What I would say is that 
that is it that that share number is exactly why ESPN pays the money that it does for the bowls because every bowl I mean think of the think of the the, the worst bowl that you can think of what is it the think of like the worst uh sponsored bowl it got um between a million and two million people yeah and you know the the better I mean, the better ones got got on the got on the got on the high side of that. Got like around two million viewers. I mean, that is money for ESPN because live events are the only thing left in television that can consistently generate audience. So, so okay, so it's two it's two factors then, which we've talked about on the show. It is that there are fewer televisions, and that the value of the live event has has gone up even further. Right, that's what we're getting right. at. Okay. I mean, I mean, like, like if you look at the, you know, there's, there's like, there's like 22.5 million that, that watch this thing, and then if you throw in like another, you know, three to five hundred thousand that were watching the individual ESPN streams, like the all 22 and the, 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 uh, the coaches room and all that other stuff, you know, so well, let's let's call it around 23 million number. I mean, that is less than what like House used to get on on CBS or CBS or Fox or whatever it was on, on broadcast television 15 years ago, that the the audience, and that wasn't even, I mean, that was barely, that was like a top 10 show. That wasn't like the number one show. You know, this is the diminution of, of live, uh, of live TV and and of broadcast television, but it's the only thing that can deliver. I mean, the audiences, the audiences for sitcoms and for dramas and whatever else are hot garbage. If you look at, if you look at the top 10, the top 50, the top 100, I mean, something like 90 out of the top 100 telecasts this year will be live sports. Would you like Would you like uh, those numbers exactly? I would um, love those numbers. Uh, in 2021, the top 16 rated television shows were NFL football games. Uh, 48 of the top 50 were NFL football games. And 91 of the top 100 were NFL football go. games. <laughs> so, so there you have it. It was the highest rated NFL regular season uh, since 2015, up 10% from last year. I have one other question about sort of the NFL versus college. Obviously, it's just bigger and always more popular. There's there's that. There's the regionalization of the sport that we just talked about that's hurting the SEC or hurting college football. There's one other factor, though, that I think does play a role, and that is that gambling and fantasy heavily, heavily swung towards the NFL. Right. Like, it's, it, like the NFL can go all in with partnerships. The University of Alabama is not partnering with BetMGM. Right. So that there's there's also that's also capping sort of the national intrigue that while we are still gambling on college football, it is not force fed to us the way the NFL and the NBA and these other professional leagues and teams, Titans and Predators have partnered with these companies to sort of create even more. Like how many times during a Preds game do you see a different sports betting app? (laughs) Well, and that's, and that's the interesting part of it to me is, is they are getting the the pro leagues are getting an ambient lift from all of those gambling ads because they're good because they're talking about they're talking about their sport. You know the, the ones that the ones that are that are hockey specific are, are, are bringing that in. The, the everybody else is, is talking right now is is talking football, and that that constant volume on television is, is you know creates creates even more noise than just than just the event itself is creating. So let's take a look at the local ratings here in Nashville. We'll have some recommendations coming up in just a second. The local ratings, of course, Mark Benda, News Channel 5. Every rating point worth about 11,000 TV homes in Nashville. The Titans-Texans game, the season finale, got a 26.1, which would rank it at number nine on the regular season. 
And we, I think we missed one game, but I've got all, I've got 16 of the 17 games and their ratings for the Titans. Um, the national championship game, the, per, the, the preliminary local ratings for that look like they're about 22.8. Where do you think that 22.8 Georgia, Alabama number ranks among all 16? Again, I'm missing one Titans games for the season. I mean, outside the top 10 and even the bottom Titans game, I guess, is probably in that number. Every single one. Yeah. Every single Titans game was above a 22.8. So so here's here's the lesson. Every market in America is a college football market unless you got a pro football team in there. That That's what this <laughs> is. The highest rated game for the Tennessee Titans, the Saints-Titans game, which was interesting because I don't think Derrick Henry played in that game. That was a 30.8. Um, the Dol- Dolphins Titans was a 29. Was that, was that was a Thursday night game though, wasn't it? Um, Saints Titans, I don't think so. No, that was, no, I think, no, not, I'm thinking about the Bills. Okay. The lowest rated I'm one, was, Niners. the lowest rated one was the Niners on Thursday night, strangely hmm. enough. So, uh, again, all, all 16 team games for the Titans, again, I'm missing one, are rated above the national championship game locally in Nashville, and a vast majority of them, six, seven, eight of those games above a 28 which in Nashville is, is, is about 300,000 homes. That's just, <laughs> that's that's just a lot of people. <laughs> and it just shows you the dominance of what the NFL brings to the table. And here's the other thing. I think we are in for record-setting playoff numbers. We've got Monday night games. We've got big brands, right? Like Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Patriots. Like we've got huge brands from huge markets. We've got superstar quarterbacks at almost every, almost all these teams have a superstar quarterback by and large, Brady, Rogers, you know, Mahomes, whatever. Uh, you got momentum from the week 18, which was one of the highest rated weekends, a great day of football for the NFL on that Sunday that finished with, of course, what should have been a kneel down tie, in my opinion, <laughs> just for, just for the sake of it. So I think, I think we're, we're building towards what could be one of the highest rate and it's wide open, frankly, both the AFC and the NFC. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the ratings are for the NFL playoffs. That's for sure. All of that is true. You also have having the Titans in there and being relevant, particularly in Nashville, I just think is going to, is going to push all of those numbers up relevant. If the, if the Titans were out of this, I think you'd see kind of a, not a flattening, but you, but you, you certainly are not going to see the peaks that you are with them in there. The other, the other kind of piece of this too, is that they, they have done a lot of really interesting things. I, I think ESPN has done a pretty good job with their, with their telecasts. They did a really good job with those Saturday night games last week. Um, they're gonna they're gonna do kind of the Manning cast and some other stuff on this uh, on this wild card game. I think they're gonna have I think they're both their their they fantasy really? their, their their fantasy and their 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 gambling guys are gonna have like their own separate casts on the on the ESPN app. That to me is I mean that to me is really really interesting. I find it interesting that you could go a lot of different directions with the sort of quote unquote second screen experience, right? For whatever that's called. Like the Manning cast to me is all about big stars and personality, right? Like I don't really learn a whole lot, but I'm entertained by that. Significant. I love watching it. You could do what you're talking about. Like the fantasy and gambling side of it doesn't really interest me all that much because I think the talk can get pretty monotonous and, and it's tough to do for extended periods of time live during games. I, I find the Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M coaching staff, like if you gave me like Mike Vrabel during Wild Card Weekend with Shane Bowen and Todd Downing breaking down the Bills Patriots game on a broadcast, hell yeah, sign me up. I mean, I would. Who's out? I guess the Saints are out. I mean, I'd take Peyton Sean, would, Sean yes. Payton and his staff. That'd be great. Payton would be great. 
Uh, I mean, I mean, Peyton would be great in a booth anyway, but, but I would absolutely take somebody like that. And they might not want to do it the first weekend since they came so close to the playoffs, but you know, loaded up, loaded up another weekend. And, and here's the, here's the other thing too, is because the, because everybody else has their own streaming networks, you know, NBC has Peacock, uh, CBS has Paramount plus they have uh, Fox, uh, Fox has ties into other things. They all have the ability to do this too. And I think they're going to look at they're going to look at the numbers on this and figure out all right what can we do on Paramount Plus against a CBS wildcard game that could be really interesting. Well, it, well, and again, you you have to have the broadcast rights, right? But the key is how do you take that broadcast right you've paid for a, an exorbitant amount of money and sort of spread right. it out as far as possible, just make well, it, make and, it work for you as much as you can, you know? I mean, I, and I don't think the NFL, I don't think the NFL is going to care that that no. they're trying to create other things to create interest off of it. I mean put our put our brand on more channels please (laughs) right well i mean i mean last i mean last year they did a playoff game with nickelodeon and had the and and, you know did did the slime time and 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 all was it it was a playoff game or was it no it was thanksgiving it might have been a regular season game but i know it's a regular season but 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 that's the that's the interesting kind of thing that that i think people you know some people are going to tune are going to tune into it expands the base in certain ways but but it also gives people who want a deeper experience yep. something something to latch onto. I, I like the coaching room and I like the entertainment value of the Manning cast, but not on, when I'm watching my team. When I'm watching I, my team, I need to be focused. That, that's a different that's a different beast altogether. So I, I would. The only thing about the coaching room is, is I enjoyed it more when there were other coaches in there. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, having having just one coach and his assistants was was not as much fun. And plus, I don't care about jumbo fisher so well he, but he's very he's very loquacious though so yeah. <laughs> as uh, as we say about ted lasso uh, all right speaking of ted lasso uh recommendations my wife and i watched it again uh this this past week um been around the house uh, so this was reported this is my recommendation steve i want to get this out of the way because i'm i've never done this on the show where i have not seen any of it i don't even know what it looks like or what it's going to look like and i'm so excited for it that i have to recommend it on the show never done this before are you ready okay go front office sports reported on Wednesday that the PGA tour has officially announced a partnership with Netflix and the two sides are set to develop a documentary series similar to the F one's drive to survive, which is one of the best sports documentaries on the planet because of the access they grant to Netflix. And the report says for the first time, PGA tour officials will provide unprecedented behind the scenes access to golf's biggest events. Hell yes. Please, God, give me all of it directly into my veins. I cannot wait for Netflix PGA Tour behind the scenes documentary. Please, please give it to me. I'm recommending it. it doesn't even exist. Don't even have a title or a name for it. <laughs> don't don't you find the, the timing on that interesting now that they know that they're never going to have Tiger back on a full-time basis? I, I don't see. You can look at any broadcast that has Tiger competitively in it, and it's going to be higher than than, than anything else. I think I think it's smart of them to try to make new stars and to try to yes. kind of grow personalities and and have people attached to more than just Tiger Woods. I think it is a sport looking around at the landscape where everyone in sports is behind football and there is opportunity to I think golf has a real opportunity. To, I mean, if you look at the ratings in Nashville, it's the big events are always top five sporting events that weekend. And and I I th- from a viewership standpoint I think golf has with all especially all these American stars in their prime right now, and all of them with you know major championships and competing with each other and they're all friends you know 
like Thomas and Spieth and Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler needs to win one, all these guys, like I'm interested in it more than I've ever been before. And I think them sort of giving people a, a new view of their product. I think you look at MLS growing NBA is sort of going the other direction. I think there's opportunity for the PGA to really take a jump in the ratings nationally. And I think this is something that they, a part of a bigger, bigger push. If you, if I had to guess. I mean, if you'll remember, you know, NBA and NHL have done versions of this a few years ago. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was as, as successful as the, as the, the F1 stuff has been on Netflix, but, but like the 24 seven stuff where, I mean, where you know, don't, yeah. don't you remember, we got great clips out of the Long predators. Yeah. Uh, during the during the Stanley Cup run here, what five years ago, four years ago, everybody's going to end up doing this. I, I think signing up with the guys who are doing it the best right now. There you go. Very smart for the, the PGA. The, the guys who did the F1 documentary, the people who did that, I think it's the, one of the best sports documentaries of the last five years. If, I know if, I know HBO does a great job, and Thirty for Thirty does a great job, but from a film standpoint, a cinematography standpoint, an access standpoint, I'm not sure anything has been better than that F1 documentary. Is that, I, is that crazy to say? No, not at all. And if I were the MLS guys, oh, I would, yes. I, I would throw, I would throw an infinite amount of money at, at them in order to produce something like this for me that got it on a platform like Netflix yep. uh, that, that, that could just expand the reach of the, the sport. All right. Top that Steve. Um, so if you uh, if you listen to our uh, to to our uh, sister podcast Club and Country, West Bowling mentioned that mentioned this, and I was going to mention this anyway. It's a great piece in the Athletic called "The Five Kingdoms of Football." John Mueller is is a tactics writer for for the Athletic. Uh, he writes for the Athletic UK, but 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 he writes specifically about strategy and and coaches and formations and 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 all of sort of the the tactical side of the sport Uh, and he wrote this piece it's over the top he's trying for a a very specific style and some people have not liked it i i thought it was really (laughs) fun but he wrote it wrote it in this kind of like hobbit style you know lord of the Rings style uh thing called it's called the five kingdoms of football and what he's trying to do is explain the major tactical schools kind of within soccer and how and and how they all relate to each other and which teams fall into which kingdoms and it it is a fascinating piece even if you hate the style you'll love the research behind it it is it is it is one of the best things that i've read in 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 a while and i and and i i get the criticism of it i mean i think he's over the top sometimes on on kind of the, the the style of it but he gets points for he gets points for trying on it because because not mi- soccer tactics writing yeah. is pretty dry shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think Mueller does a really good job uh, at, at trying to kind of pierce through, uh, pierce through when people's eyes glaze over. Where would coach Nate's false nine for West Ham fall? What kingdom? <laughs> um, I, I think that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, I think that they would fall in, into kind of end to end kingdom. Okay. But, um, All right. But I don't know um, what that means. But there's a bunker kingdom as well, which, <laughs> uh, you know, playing at playing playing at that at, at the level that they were, they, you might have considered them kind of a bunker team. Sometimes when I talk soccer with you, I feel like I'm Ted Lasso and your coach beard. Sometimes <laughs> you start talking, and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I like it. That's like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's how I feel. Uh, all right. Well, 
there you have it, folks. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, uh, it, it, we really appreciate Chelsea joining us, and I am utterly fascinated by what college football's future holds from a rating standpoint, national interest, and of course the NFL here with the Titans and a huge playoff now with fourteen. You have fourteen teams, eighteen weeks, Monday night games. You know all these second screen things. Things are happening, and I think it's going to be a monstrous ratings uh, bonanza for the NFL as it, as it always is. Of course, culminating with the Super Bowl. We've got a great great guests lined up for you guys next week for you titans fans all right so if you're still listening i cannot wait for next week um special thanks to so chelsea good for special thanks to chelsea for joining us steve cavendish where can people find you they can find me on twitter or instagram at scavendish Braden, where, where can they find you uh at jaspers of course where the parking is free and the food is wonderful on the socials at Braden gall at 440 sports at 440 media on instagram check out the youtube page as well thank you guys all for listening please rate review and subscribe this has been lamestream sports on the 440 sports network